John, John chapter 2. It's, uh, I, there's so many things that uh, <clears throat> could say today <clears throat> while you're turning there. I know John's a little bit hard to find. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to give thanks again for the way that uh, this church and the network churches um, truly supported the ongoing mission into the country of Brazil. And uh, I was really proud of the way our teams from, um, from various churches, but particularly from this house, ministered. And um, you know, I want to speci specifically thank Monica and uh, Sarah and Elizabeth and Katie for, uh, for the way you represented the things that God has given to us. And I bless you for that. Um, the work is going to continue. For those of you who did not have the opportunity to hear <clears throat> the report from... Uh, last Wednesday or to view the video that was uh, um, recorded and posted, I encourage you to do that. But um, God, God is good, and we thank him for what he's doing. <clears throat> so, uh, 32 years ago, it's a great day on this Mother's Day. Cece was born again on that day, we found out, in Sunday school class. But it was also the day that... Uh, I was privileged to stand up here in front of the congregation that then was and speak from this very passage, John chapter 2. And it was a prophetic word. On that day, uh, the church was going to vote on whether they wanted us to stay to be pastors. That night, I spoke on uh, from the book of Isaiah, uh, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. I, don't, I know that was prophetic in a lot of ways for years that were coming, but this word was also prophetic. And as I was praying about what the Lord wanted us to uh, share together as a congregation, as a network, he directed me back to this, not because, not because it was just from a, a commemorative thing on this Mother's Day, but the Lord spoke something further to me about this, and I see really how prophetic it was. So this was Jesus' first miracle. It was at the wedding of Cana. And um, it was immediately in this passage following the time when the Lord spoke to Nathaniel, who had been under a fig tree, and he spoke about how that he would see greater things. And then they went up to the wedding, and uh, in verse 1, the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Um... They had no wine. Now, we often preach this over the years as if they ran out of wine. It doesn't necessarily say that they ran out of wine. It just said they didn't have any wine. 
And there are so many aspects to this first miracle, so many things that the Lord said, so many things that, <clears throat> that um, were spoken um, in this passage that really identify what it is that we're called to do as a saint's network. Um, for one thing, there are always going to be people who want you to do certain things to satisfy the crowd, to satiate whatever the people are wanting at that moment. It says that they wanted wine, but they had no wine. And um, we've got to be very careful not to base what God has given us to do on what the people are wanting and when they're wanting it. If we do that, then we become a people who are serving individuals rather than serving the needs of God. And that's been one of the things that we've faced over the years. And I think it's one of the years things that in this message that God has given to us that we face right now. Will we continue to follow what God has said for us to do and to be, or will we change course and strive to meet the needs of an ever-changing society and uh, the desires of people? We must continue to do what he told us to do. The words of Mary were true. Whatever he says to you, do it. And what did God say to us to do? He put us on a pathway of becoming sons. He put us on a pathway of being intercessors. He put us on a pathway of being students of the ever-increasing uh, revelation of His Word. And through all of that, He put us on a, a mission to the nations where we discover hundreds and thousands of hungry people who God has put within their heart the, um, the absolute desire for what He's given to us. And we go when God opens the door. And we go when it's His timing. I was so blessed <clears throat> this morning and yesterday after the prayer time to review the words that were contributed from a Temple of the Tabernacle prayer activation that we did here several weeks ago about Brazil. And I was shocked to see how accurate those words were. Uh, even to see the way that certain locations on the nation were pinpointed. And we met new pastors, people that are wanting to embrace the message of the saints from those very locations. Um, what God is doing among His people is, is prophetically directed. And um, we, must, we must continue to do whatever He said for us to do. And we must not abandon that course because it is what God has directed us to and it is what, um, and it is, what is being manifested right now. At the end of the miracle... The ruler of the feast came, and he said, you know, most people come right at the beginning of a, of a gathering and give the best wine. And then they figure that by the time people get wind up, you can serve the, the lesser stuff. But you've saved the best wine for last. And you know, I think that 
gives another strategy before we really get to the meat of what God's put on my heart to say today. So often when people go forth in ministry or trying to uh, distribute some kind of, of, uh, of a ministerial application to people, you, the, the mindset is you've got to hit them hard and you've got to hit them with something that captivates their attention. You know, I remember a couple of times evangelists came to, minister, to teach us when we were in college about how to minister to a crowd of people. And both of those well-known evangelists said, when you come in, you've got to, you've got to do something that captivates the, the mind of the people. You've got to believe for a miracle or something to happen uh, at the very beginning so that then you captivate the crowd and can move them forward, which is exactly what this ruler of the feast said. You know, most people come and they hit you with the, the best Bordeaux right at the very beginning. And then from there, you've got the crowd. I understand what that's like. Sometimes uh, you, can, you, can, uh, you can begin uh, with a great anecdote or a great story, and you've got the people won. It reminds me of Ryan and Amy's wedding. Uh, when I stood there in front of the people and talked, told a joke about kilts, and the people uproariously laughed. And from that moment, I guess I could have said just about anything. I mean, the crowd was there. But, you know, what Jesus did in this miracle is what we need to see. How he chose to pattern at this first miracle what needed to be done to partner with God is what we need to see because this is the pathway that you and I have been on. This is the pathway of purposed in God. This is how you partner with God, and this is how you really meet the needs of the people, and this is how you fulfill the calling of the Lord. What he did is a prophetic act that describes exactly what you and I have been doing. Now, I recognize that so often when people preach about this, they focus on, you know, um, whether this was real wine or whether it was Welch's grape juice, or they focus on, you know, what a firkin is, you know, and they, they focus on uh, the, the labor of the people who went to fill these, these stone pots with at least 120 gallons of water. They focus on, um, you know, not, these people not having a, an advanced copy of the Gospels to know, hey, if we do this, we'll have this. This was a lot of work for these people to fill these stone pots. But the issue was, Jesus did not, he could have walked into that place where the wedding was, and it could have been like uh, the scene from The Bishop's Wife when, oh, when Cary Grant playing the angel had that old scholar in and the, the guy would pour this wine into a cup, and he'd drink it, and then the cup would just, they had this special music, and the cup would fill up. Jesus could have just walked in there, and suddenly everybody's cups would have been filled with wine. That would have been spectacular, wouldn't it have been? It would have been something that everybody would have said, hey, look, who is this guy? Well, you know, the, our cups were dry. There was just water there. Now look, we've got wine. But he didn't do that, did he? No, he didn't. He could have created uh, wine sacks suddenly. Hey, where'd these wine sacks came, come from? He didn't do that either. 
But instead, he instructed, after the purifying of the Jews, for water to be put, firkins full, back into these stone pots. What was this water for? It was for the washing of hands and for the washing of feet. That's what Jesus focused on. That's what Jesus addressed these people to provide for. Now, these, these, these pots were empty. Why? Because everybody that had come into that feast had already used that water for the cleansing of their hands and for their feet. It was in probably an entry area. It was separate, probably at a, at a decent distance from where everybody was sitting. Not necessarily anybody would have seen um, what was going on there while they were sitting there wanting wine. What, what was the purpose of that? I mean, it just seems that Jesus missed a great opportunity here. You know, if he's going to do his first miracle, he should have been in, in our thinking, he should have been in the middle of the crowd giving a prophetic declaration or, you know, taking a cup and holding it and pouring out just an endless supply of wine from cup to cup. You know, he could have done any kind of theatrics under the power of God that would have really set his ministry in motion. But instead, he was out where the people would have washed their hands and their feet. And that's what he told these guys to do. Go and fill this up again. Because what's really needed here is the cleansing of the hands and the cleansing of the feet. There are a lot of people in the church, in general, that want miracles. They want God to do some new thing. Or they, want, they have some need, and it seems to change from generation to generation. They have something they want God to do. And Jesus pinpoints that the way you begin a miracle process, the way you begin a partnering with God, is out with the cleansing of the hands and the feet. Now, the first time I preached this message, it had more to do with hearing from God and obeying Him. I didn't really at that point understand what the hands truly represented in the Bible. Certainly not what the dominion of going with, uh, in obedience with the vulnerability of the soles of your feet were. But that is where every miracle begins if we're going to partner with God. We have to have our hands washed afresh. And what does that mean? We have to understand what the hand is. We have to understand what the hand of God is. It's empty. When the hand of God extends to people for a miracle, it's empty. It's always empty. That's what the word means in the New Testament. It means a valley. It means winter. It means emptiness. It means something that um, is going to be uh, subject to wind and storms. That's the word translated as hand throughout the New Testament. And so when we take the hand of God, it's not filled with a, a glass of wine. It's not filled with a bag of gold. It's not filled with all kinds of medicinal things that we can smear over ourselves to heal every wound and every ache. The hand of God is something that is eternal, and it's offered to us as sons. Will you believe me to do something that right now is non-existent? Will you believe me? Will you take this hand that 
is, is at the beginning of a process. Will you take this hand and will you, will you walk with me through the valley? Will you walk with me through the storm? Will you walk with me through the challenges? That's why our hands need to be washed. And so our hand is going to be one that um, is willing to accept partnership with God. Our hand is also going to accept something that is, uh, is going to be ongoingly communing with God. And our hand has got to be washed from the last meal that we, that we, <laughs> that we embraced and ate. Our hand has to be washed from the last work that we've done. It's kind of like when we wash the hands, it's kind of like unleavened. It's kind of like the process of saying, all right, I'm coming to the table. I don't want any yeast from last week. I don't want last week's sermon. I don't want last month's sermon. I want a fresh word from you. And Jesus started his earthly miraculous ministry by saying, we've got to focus on the washing of the hands. And we've got to focus on the washing of the feet. Because the feet indicate our inheritance, our true inheritance. Our feet represent the vulnerability to stand with the, the bare sole of our feet in the presence of God. Our feet represent the right direction, going after the direction that He dictates. And our feet represent, when we get there, standing. When we've done all to stand, don't get happy feet and say, well, you know, this isn't working as fast as I want. I'm not getting the credit that I want. You know, somehow everybody else is getting the accolades. I've got to have ambition and go after and establish my own walk. So I'm going to skedaddle over here. No, stand there for. Our feet need to be washed so that they're ready to partner with God in that way. The hands and the feet. That's what these firkins full of water were designed to cleanse. And for a people waiting in the midst of a feast who want wine, it's not going to come because they're sitting there banging the table. It's going to become because they go back out to the place of cleansing. They go back out to the place where our hands are made open before God again. And our feet are willing to follow Him again. It's always a new thing with God. The, the cycle of his ways are when you rejoice at the feast, when you rejoice as sons at the truth that God's revealed, when you thank him and you, and you rejoice at what he's done, you then go forth again to begin anew. That's why Jesus was here. And from this, from this came the wine. From this came the best wine. And that's really where we are. Whatever he says to you, do it. We've got to hear what he's saying now. But I'm telling you, I, I'll just give this testimony and give thanks for not only this place, but the houses of the saints. What God said to us has not changed. Why would it change? It's the best. It's the eternal pathway. What, what are we talking about? Taking the hand of God, hearing from Him, 
obeying when he says go where he says to go and teaching others to seek him one of the things that i love is just on this last trip the hunger that the people have for the word of god the hunger for the things that god has given and and some of the things that we're giving now as babies uh, to 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 those that are growing let's go babies to those that are that are growing are things that god gave us 20 years ago and for them it's like they open a new package and it is it, it is phenomenal it is it is amazing Oh, what's this about incense? What's this about voices, thunders, lightnings, earthquakes? What's this about, about all of these elemental foundational things? And to see the way they rejoice in that, knowing that, wow, there are 20 years of other things that God is showing and things that He's still showing. But this is foundational. This is the water pot. This is washing the hands and the feet. This is making a way for the new wine that God wants to bring. That's the true miracle. The miracle is not in the midst of the people giving them what they want. The miracle is not in the midst of the people who all have opinions and are all squawking and crying that you honor this cause and you honor that cause and oh, we've just got to divert from what whatever he told us to do because that's now not meeting the need we've got to go and do this and we've got to do and do this listen where was jesus when all that squawking was going on he was out with a water pot saying the miracle begins here the miracle begins here you wash those hands and you wash those feet and you prepare to partner with the almighty god who is speaking to you if you'll just listen to him. And I would remind anybody who's ever heard from God, I know, I know sometimes God will lead you through a time where he says, how much do you want to hear from me? God is not finished speaking to his people. His word is alive. And, and it will always be so. Whatever, what has he told us to do? Do it. Our message as saints and as sons is just beginning. It's just beginning. The nations are hungry. Wow. The nations are hungry. There are people who've never heard. They've never heard that there's a God in heaven who wants to know them as sons. They've never heard that there is a deeper walk in God that goes beyond the elemental steps of Pentecost. They've never heard this. We are apostles to the church. That's what God said from the very beginning, and we're seeing it. We're seeing denominations. I don't know. I wish you could have been there just with these, this last journey uh, to see these pastors and their families who have ministered the word, who have spoken in tongues, who have walked in Pentecost, who are embracing these elemental things, diversities of tongues, walking as saints, 
and, and they're embracing it as diamonds and jewels from God and a hunger for the deeper things coming from all kinds of different Pentecostal denominational backgrounds. This one precious brother came up to me and through an interpreter talked about how he appreciated the fact that I had come, uh, had been raised in the assemblies of God because that's where he pastored. With tears streaming down his face, he said, this is God's word for the end time and I'm going to take it back to my church. I'm going to take it back to them. They've been praying for this. That was one testimony of dozens and dozens. And it's not just Brazil. There's a move of the Spirit happening in equatorial Africa. We heard that Pastor uh, Ratna Kumar has just graduated a whole new set of students that went through the saints' training. We could talk over and over again about what's happening in Europe with our brothers and sisters, our allies from almost the very beginning, who stand with us now as sons and are believing God for as intercessors for the breakthrough into Eastern Europe, for the breakthrough into so many new places. The hour is short. And where is Jesus? He's outside with the place where the hands and the feet are washed. And he's saying, will you come and partner with the Father in a new way? This is the miracle. And this is what we're privileged to walk and to know. And I'm so grateful for that. I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to see two of the sons of this house, Iwali and Nikon Garcia, and how powerfully they have embraced this calling as intercessors and as saints. And I, I, I had a couple of prayer times. We had a lot of prayer times, which you would expect as saints. But just to pray near those two young men. Of course, at my age, just about everybody's young. <laughs> but the visions that God's giving to them about South America, um, Peru, Bolivia, Venezuela. There were several pastors from Venezuela that were in our meetings who came, and we stood and agreed for God in the midst of that turmoil that's going on right now um, and the stories they're telling that not even Fox News is telling, certainly not CNN or MSNBC about things that they know from their families, things that, they, that God had been promising to their churches and, and what they're believing God for. And they, one of the brothers just again came and he said, when this regime changes and there's an opening for democracy and there's an opening, there's going to be a great opening for the things of God, will you send a team to come and preach this message. God has prepared His people, His saints, you, for this hour. The harvest is great. The laborers are few. We are, we, we are doing our very best to equip those that have been in this saints' army 
but we're doing our very best to devise ways to, to teach and to train those that are coming on board so that they can immediately go and train and teach. This is, this is such a great thing. But I guess what I'm saying is, God is doing what He promised. And I, and I want to thank you all across this saints family are watching live today. You know, this, those dear brothers and sisters from Brazil, they watch this broadcast. And they watch the broadcast from this house every week, even though 80% of them don't understand a word that we're saying. But they watch it anyway because they sense the things of God. And they're hungry just to see and just to hear. Oh, you know what? There's a great move coming. We're, we're planning right now a lot of different things as the Lord is giving us direction to how to train these dear ones and how to provide for them. But the same thing can be said for Europe. The same thing can be said for so many other places. God is good. So whatever He says to you, do it. The miracle begins at the, at the stone receptacles of water for what needs to be done there and out of that obedience comes the best wine and I'm very grateful for this I'm very grateful the miracle is not going to come through some bodacious thing that gets everybody's attention due to man's machinations the miracle is not going to come because there are a bunch of people sitting in the church who just want something new. The miracle is going to come through people who partner with God's hand and who go where He says to go and do what He says to do. That's, that's the key to this first miracle of Jesus. And arguably, that's how every miracle happens. And that's what God's doing in you. I'm so blessed by this. And I'm so thankful that after all these years, <clears throat> we're just now beginning to see the fruits of what God's been preparing each of us for. He's so good. He knows the end from the beginning. And um, so I, I, I just give thanks to our Heavenly Father for sustaining us, for guiding us, for your long-suffering. I thank you for blessing each one of the houses of the saints, the prayer groups, the individuals. I, I thank God for this people here, and I bless you all. And uh, we thank you, Father, that you're going to keep on leading us and uh, let us be used of you as you would direct. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, God bless you all. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, tonight, uh, I know that it's a holiday, so um, as you feel led, come to pray. And we need to give thanks today. We need to give thanks to our prayer time for what God has done, for what He's doing. Amen.